Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. Some parents have had the heartache of a child who has rebelled against them or who has abandoned their faith. Such a child is never forgotten by loving parents. These parents take every opportunity of reaching out to their loved offspring. God is like that with humanity. God is intentionally reaching out to us and through us to the world. Join us in a moment as our panel explores the theme of God's mission to us. On our panel today, we have Blair Lemke and Eriga Puni. Welcome, gentlemen. Good Thank to have you. you with us. Thank you. Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to our discussion today. But before we begin, let's take time to pray. Our wonderful Father in heaven, we just thank you that you did not leave this world in its rebellious state of sin. You sent your own son, Jesus Christ, to die for us, to give us the hope of eternal life and the hope also of ridding the world of all the evil that we see so prominently around us. And so as we discuss this topic today, we just pray that you'll be here to bless us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, to begin, I'd like to read a text from John chapter 14. And this is the verse 6. John 14 verse 6 says, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. So Blair, whom does God the Father place as central to the, the plan of a redemption. Mm. Yeah, well, of course, in Scripture, all three members of the Godhead are involved in the plan of salvation and working to save humanity. But Jesus points out that the way to salvation is through him. The way to his Father is through him. And constantly, as we read through the Gospels, we see Jesus point to his Father um, and access to the Father through the Son. Uh, we read in John chapter 4, verses 34, God's Word says, Jesus said to them, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish this work. Uh, so you can see it quite clearly there. Also in John chapter 5, verse 30, uh, we read in God's Word, it says, I can do of myself nothing. As I hear, I judge, uh, and my judgment is... Uh, righteous, I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Uh, and of course, if that wasn't enough, uh, we see in John chapter 12, verse 44 and verse 45, uh, a similar theme coming through. Uh, we read in God's word, Jesus cried out and said, He who believes in me believes not in me, but in him who sent me. And he who sees me sees him who sent me. So, Without a doubt, Jesus says that the way to the Father is through the Son and that he does the will of the Father and he continually points back to the Father uh, in that. Mm. Uh, this is in contrast to those people who say there are many ways toward you know, to eternal life, isn't there? Well, that's yeah. right. That's Jesus right. says, I am the way, not a way. <laughs> that's right. There's one clear way. Yeah, yeah. And, and Erika, uh, did Jesus' mission uh, begin with, his, with the incarnation, with his life here on earth? Yeah. Uh, Clive, good question. Uh, but, but let me just go back to this beautiful thought that uh, Blair was talking about earlier. 
the, the, the unity of, of the God family uh, to be on our side. You know, right. I, I think of Romans chapter 8. But to the question uh, whether, whether Jesus' uh, mission and ministry to the people of the world started with his incarnation, uh, no. I, I'm reading here, for example, from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And he, here's the first part of verse 4. For he chose us in him before the creation uh, of the world. Uh, this, this God that is all-knowing uh, obviously had a plan before the beginning of time, before mm. the creation of the world. Uh, and that's an amazing thought, you know, that uh, it was right there before Christ came to this world in human form. Mm. Yeah, and I guess it's tied in with the, the foreknowledge of God, isn't mm. it, Erika? Um, but we won't go down that path just at the moment because um, that could lead to some interesting uh, discussion. Uh, but let me t- turn back to John chapter 1, verse 3. John 1, verse 3 says, All things were made through him, through Jesus, and without him... Nothing was made that was made. So Jesus here is the active agent in the creation of our world. And yet, uh, how amazing is it, uh, Blair, that the creator should be prepared to suffer pain and loss for you and me? Yeah, it's really hard to comprehend in many ways that the creator of the universe would be willing to put himself on the line, so to speak, to save us. Uh, But I really love this text in Galatians chapter 4, verse 4 and 5 that speaks to this. And I'm reading from the New Living Translation here. I like the way that it phrases this. Uh, It says, But when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent Him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that we could adopt uh, so that he could adopt us as his own, uh, his, as his very own children. Uh, we have the incredible spectacle of incarnation. And this is a, a really quite a, an amazing thing to comprehend. God becoming man. Mm. I mean, if, <laughs> what, what, a, what a crazy mm. thought, right? God becoming man. And in that process, uh, he seeks to, to die for us and to save us from the sin that the penalty that we deserved. It's just such a beautiful thing to witness and to see. And of course, um, in John chapter 3, verses 16 and 17, we have perhaps the most famous words of Scripture. It speaks to, to this, this uh, very act of God. It said, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Uh, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, Mm. but that the world through Him might be saved. Uh, And I just, what, what, what jumps out to me from this pattern that we see God demonstrating this incarnation. Um, God loved the world and so he gave. Uh, What I see jumping out is this self-sacrificing love, Mm. Uh, this idea of putting others first, that agape love, other-centeredness in the character of God. And it's something that inspires me as a Mm. follower of Christ, um, as I see what he did, that level of love uh, and and what it does for us in the plan of salvation. Mm. Yeah, I know in my case, my, uh, my father, when I was a child, he saved me from drowning. Mm. You know, he was willing to risk his life for his son. Mm. Um, but that's only one person being saved. You know, here we've got the whole world, world. you know, yes. is being saved through Jesus Christ. Um, 
And Blair, uh, it, it was not only God the Father and God the Son involved in salvation, was it, Dave? What about the Holy Spirit? Absolutely not. And this is where, you know, while the Son does take that prominent role as directing the way to the Father, all members of the Godhead are involved in this amazing plan. And of course, the Holy Spirit is given as a gift, a special gift to humanity when Jesus goes to heaven. Uh, and we read in John chapter 14, verse 26, uh, one of the ways that the Holy Spirit is involved in this amazing plan. Uh, God's word says, but the helper the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all the things that I've said to you. So uh, we see that the Holy Spirit is sent as a guide to teach us. Uh, but not only is he sent as a guide to teach us, but we also see uh, that he's sent to help us in holy living in this plan. Uh, and we read in, in John chapter 16, verses 8 uh, through to 11, it says, And when he, speaking of the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. And so, again, we see this idea of the Mm. Holy Spirit um, being sent to be a guide for our holy living to convict us of sin. Right. Isn't it? Isn't Mm. it? Uh, and that's a key component of the plan of salvation to bring us out. Um, he, the Holy Spirit gives us power to share the gospel. Um, and all in all of these ways, we see the Holy Spirit guiding and involved in this plan of salvation. And if I can just point out one more here in John chapter 20, verses 21 and 22, we read that uh, God's word says, Jesus said to them again, peace to you as the father has sent me. I also send you. Mm. Uh, And when he said this, he breathed on them and he said, receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, And so we see here the Holy Spirit has always been active, uh, but the disciples were especially to experience this Holy Spirit in a powerful way to convict sin, uh, to lead them into truth, to give them power to share the gospel. And all of these are ways that the Holy Spirit's involved in that remarkable story of redemption. Mm. So, um, so, Erika, what was the purpose in Jesus sending out his disciples? Uh, that's a, a very important question, uh, Clive. Uh, perhaps uh, to provide a context to, to my response, I want to take us to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 28. Now, Bible students uh, and teachers very often refer to this um, command as the, as the Gospel Commission. But let me read to you now from, again, Matthew 28. Uh, in this case, I will be reading from verse 19. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Uh, there is that reference to the Holy Spirit again, uh, right. uh, Blair. Uh, and then, of course, at the beginning of verse 20, there's an emphasis on teaching uh, to, be, to obey uh, all things. Uh, it, it is important for us, uh, uh, Clive and Blair, particularly when we're looking at uh, Matthew 28, uh, to go back to the beginning of the chapter. Uh, because in the beginning of the chapter, we find uh, the record of the resurrection. And, and how Jesus, in this case, first appeared uh, to, to women. Mm. Uh, I think that is not uh, accidental. I think that is intentional in terms of uh, the will of God to take this thing wider, uh, if you may. So, so the, 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 the call to make more disciples, which seems to be the, the heart of the mission, uh, includes everybody. Mm. Uh, for example, if you go to the genealogy of Jesus in chapter 1, 
Uh, we see that uh, women are included. There are even people outside uh, of, of Abraham's uh, line mm-hmm. that were even included yep. uh, in, in this mission uh, to, to uh, take the good news of Christ to the world. Uh, perhaps uh, it is also important in this case for me to reference uh, and to read to you this statement from the Andrew Study Bible, uh, page 1292. Uh, here's a statement. Uh, he, Matthew, begins his gospel by including women, both non-Jewish and ones with stains on their character, in his genealogy. And he ends by not highlighting the sending of women with the good news, but by commissioning the disciples to take this good news to all uh, nations. Uh, And so, in a way, uh, the women and then, of course, the 11 uh, after the, the, the resurrection but we also include it, uh, in a way, as followers of Christ, uh, to take this message uh, to the whole world. Mm. And I think that's a privilege yeah. uh, for us. But when you consider that most of the, uh, well, the disciples were basically Jewish, they say, how, how radical um, Erika was this commission to go to everyone, all nations. It is, it is very radical. Uh, I mean, for example, if we go to Matthew one twenty one. Uh, you know, the, the name Jesus uh, is to save his people. Now, in the Greek, of course, laos, meaning his very people. But when we get to the end of chapter uh, 18, the end of, of the book of uh, Matthew, uh, this thing is thrown open mm. uh, with the use of the Greek word he ephne, you know, to all people groups, uh, if you may. So it is... It is, uh, I think, sometimes beyond the mind, the, the Jewish mind, to say, really, this thing needs to go even beyond us? But that is the case, uh, as we're reading uh, in Scripture. For example, in Acts seventeen twenty six, there is a reference to, uh, and he has made from one blood every, every nation. So this, this invitation is universal, but, but definitely it is not within the norm of the, of the Jewish thinking uh, that they are the only people here. It's everybody uh, included. You can see that even in the early church as they went out and took the gospel to the world, there were some growing pains with that process yeah, of yeah. taking it to the Gentile world uh, with some of those accounts with Peter and Paul having disagreements yeah. and all sorts of Issue. So it was a bit of a wrestling match, but really what you're saying is the gospel smashes down these walls Absolutely. of separation and is the most inclusive statement that can be made. And this is the good news. Yeah. Uh, you began reading verse 20 of Matthew 28 there, Erika. What about the last part of the verse? It says, Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. Um, so what did Jesus mean, Blair, as he, he ended this great commission, this gospel commission? Yeah, well, we clearly see that um, in that first half, we see that command to teach, right? To, to, as the gospel goes out, it's not to be done in disconnection from teaching of God's word. It's to mm-hmm. be done together. Yep. Um, and then we have that amazing promise that God is with us as we do that. It's not a work we do in, in and of ourselves. It's not something that uh, we're sent out to do without the resources and the power to do it. But God himself provides what we need. Um, and I really love this statement here. Uh, Ellen White writes about this in Acts of the Apostles. She says, after the Savior's ascension, the sense of the divine presence full of love and light was still with them. It was a personal presence. The light and love and power of an indwelling Christ shone through them so that men beholding marveled. Uh, So I think that this promise that Jesus gives here uh, to be always with them, to to be that ever 
uh, never ceasing presence to be with them. I think this uh, is what well, we see this through the Holy Spirit being with them, as we've mentioned previously. Um, and and this promise is that that spirit will be present with every disciple, everyone that takes this work forward. Uh, what, a, what an amazing promise. Mm. Yeah, we've quoted a bit from John's gospel today. Let's have a look at another writing of John. Let's say we're in Revelation chapter 14. And uh, I'm going to read verses six and seven here. And Revelation 14 verse six begins with this idea. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth. And as if, as if that's not comprehensive enough mm. uh, to all those who dwell on the earth, he, he goes on to expand on this idea to every nation, tribe, tongue and people saying with a loud voice, fear God and give glory to him for the hour of his judgment has come and worship him who has made heaven and the earth and the sea and the springs of waters. Um, so, Erika, how, how, how big, how all-inclusive is, is this commission? You know, Clive, we've, we've made the, the observation uh, when we were looking at uh, Matthew 28 and with the use of the hair, if they're meaning all, all people groups, uh, so in some ways, this everlasting gospel and, and the scene that we see here in Revelation 14 is, is an echo uh, of that same gospel uh, commission. Uh, but one of the important elements that I think we, we must not miss is this emphasis on the everlasting gospel. Mm. Uh, it's, it's the same gospel of Jesus that we find uh, in, in the record of his ministry on earth. Uh, it is centered on the very person of Jesus himself. And of course, we can access uh, the blessings of this everlasting gospel through faith. And I think that's a, that's a, a wonderful uh, thing uh, for us. Uh, in some ways, we can also see uh, a, a throwback to the book of Hebrews, you know, how, how faith becomes an important uh, piece in the process of salvation. Mm. Uh, so, Blair, uh, in your own words, how, how would you um, express you know, what the gospel is? Mm. Well, I actually love the way Scripture says it in John chapter 1, verse 29. Um, it says, The next day John saw Jesus coming toward him, and he said, and this is, of course, John the Baptist introducing um, Jesus' ministry. This is how he introduced him. He said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Mm. I love that that image there. That's an mm. image taken from the sanctuary where the lamb mm. uh, removed the, the sanctuary system, dealt with, dealt with the sin and the lamb mm. was slain. And it, it, uh, it was that process of um, where we deserve death. Mm -hmm. There's a substitute that takes that, that penalty for us. And the sanctuary system dealt with the, the penalty of sin in the outer court. The holy court dealt with the presence of sin in a believer's life through witnessing and bat, um, yeah, um, you know, all of those elements, the word of God, prayers, it dealt with the, the pre presence of sin, um, uh, the power of sin in a believer's life. And then that most holy place dealt with the very presence of sin. And so that everlasting gospel is the process of dealing with sin in our lives, uh, removing the penalty, the power and the presence of sin in a believer's life uh, through Jesus Christ. Amazing. Yes, um, there's a another 
Is there any other elements in the, in the gospel, Erika? Yeah, I think uh, when we're looking uh, to scripture, the, the, the gospel is fairly comprehensive, uh, but I think I can mention these uh, specifics. Uh, for example, when we go to the gospel of John chapter 14, verse one uh, to four, uh, we find a, a reference where Jesus is saying, I'm going to uh, my father's house uh, to prepare a place for you. We go to Acts chapter one, verse 11, he will come back. Uh, and, and to take uh, his people uh, with him. And then, of course, we look to Revelation uh, chapter 20. Uh, we see the establishment of God's eternal kingdom. And finally, in Hebrews chapter 7, uh, we see his uh, ministry in heaven uh, being an advocate on our behalf. So the, the everlasting gospel uh, is very comprehensive, but these are some of those important elements that we must not uh, forget when we're talking mm. of this gospel of Jesus. Yeah, so Blair, can you just summarize again for us uh, that what the gospel, uh, what it constitutes? Yeah, well, Paul says it many times in his letter to the Galatians here, and we read in Galatians chapter 2, verse 16, um, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus, in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law, for the works of the law, no flesh will be justified. Um, and then, of course, in Galatians chapter 3, verse 6 and 7, uh, just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness, therefore we know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. Uh, and so, yeah, we see this, uh, this, this call in Galatians. Uh, we, we see this gospel pictured right there. Mm. Yeah, I'd like to, uh, to quote from the 20th century English hymn writer, Fred Pratt Green. He said, this is the threefold truth on which our faith depends. And with this joyful cry, our worship begins and ends. Christ has died, Christ has risen, Christ will come again. Mm. Yeah, uh, so it's all about Jesus, isn't it, Erika? Yes, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's about Jesus and, and also the transforming work of Christ uh, in our lives. Uh, for example, when we read 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, we talk about when one accepts Christ, and the power of Christ through his spirit, uh, one becomes a new creation. Uh, and this is the life that we live in the present time, not because of us, but because of Jesus in us and for us. Mm. What, what kind of newness is it? Is it, is it renewed or, or brand new? <laughs> in what sense is it new? Well, it, it, it means it's, it's a total new uh, experience. Uh, where Christ is Lord of one's life. Mm. Yeah. The old has passed away. Yeah. 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 And, uh, you know, I guess, you know, you can testify to that newness in your own life. You know, the, the, the change, complete change, mm. you know, the, the values that are gone because of that renewal. Yeah. Our attitude and, and our behavior. Mm. Now, we read earlier in Revelation 14 uh, and verse 7, uh, that the hour of his judgment has come. Um, so what part, Blair, does the, the judgment play in the everlasting gospel? Well, it, it absolutely is a part of the gospel uh, because we know in the three angels' messages it says that that angel went out with the everlasting gospel and then we see the three angels' messages given. So everything contained in that, those verses is a part of that everlasting gospel. Uh, the, the judgment reminds us that Jesus is coming again. 
Which is a good news, right? Mm. <laughs> it's good news. And it tells us that uh, we should expect to see him soon and that all of the difficulties and challenges that have taken place in the world will be righted. Um, I think of, the, you know, in Revelation chapter 6, it says, How long until you judge the world, O Lord, the righteous cry mm. out. Uh, and this is that part of that good news, that setting right uh, of all the things that have been wrong. Yeah. Uh, Eric, has God always had human agents willing to share the gospel? I think so. When, when we look at uh, Bible history, both the Old Testament and the New Testament, uh, we see that God works through people. Mm. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking uh, in this particular case of the record of people that are listed in Hebrews chapter 11. Ah, the whole. Um, you know, and, and so we find we have Abel and Enoch and Noah and, and Abraham. Uh, of course, we're told that, you know, uh, they, they demonstrated their faith in Christ, but they were kind of waiting for something that was still, uh, still to come, uh, which is going to be the, the crown of uh, this eternal gospel of, of God. Yeah. In, um, in Luke chapter 19, verse 10, Jesus makes a very succinct statement here. He said, the Son of Man, talking about himself, mm. uh, has come to seek and to save that which was lost. So, so Jesus does the saving. Yes. Well, what's our role then, the uh, Blair? Yeah, well, absolutely. That's Jesus's role is to save. Um, as Christ followers, we should be interested in the salvation of others. We should seek to bring the salvation, but we can't mm. actually do that work. That's the work of God alone. Um, what we can do is we can point to Jesus and it's his work to do. I love it how um, one writer says it. it says the mission of the church is to make known the love of God to men and to win them to Christ through the efficacy of that love. We get to point to Jesus. What a, what a beautiful privilege. Mm. Yeah, so Erika, does the gospel appeal just to certain types of people, certain classes? Uh, again, if we go to scripture, the answer is, is, is no. God uh, is willing that none should perish, but have uh, eternal life. Uh, let me read to you this reference again from uh, John's work in the book of Revelation, chapter 7, verse 9 uh, and 10. After this, I looked and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, uh, and language. Standing before the throne and in front of the Lamb, they were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches uh, in their hands. And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and, and to the Lamb. Mm. You know, I couldn't help but again, over and over again, whether it is Matthew 28 or Revelation 14 or, or Revelation 7, uh, the picture is, you know, God ha has this comprehensive, inclusive, all-inclusive plan for the salvation uh, of the world. And then, of course, we have this beautiful picture as we move towards the end of uh, Revelation of God making all things new mm. uh, in a place where there'll be no more uh, death, no more tears and, and no more sorrow. That will be a beautiful experience. Mm. Absolutely. Yes. And, and who would not want to share you know, a message of hope like that? Yeah. with the world. It's a great privilege that we have, isn't it, of being, you know, co-workers with Jesus, mm. uh, sharing the gospel message, uh, going, doing our part. In, yes. And that's what we do here at 3ABN, is to take the gospel to the whole world. Well, my guests today were Blair uh, Lemke and Erika Pooney. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you. Uh, for your discussion. It's been great your, to study. Your, yes. your input today, that's been great. And uh, my name is Clive Nash. You know, we live in a a world where there is a lot of bad news. But Christians can share good news, the best news of all. 
that Jesus came into the world to save sinners for eternity. Maybe this day or this week, the opportunity will come to you to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to say a word that could change your life for eternity. Well, we're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak. If you are blessed by this program, tell your friends. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. That's the number 3, 3abnaustralia.org.au. Email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We hope that you will join us again next time. Until then, God bless. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.